0: Well, so what's up what's happening? I go by the name of Reggie Days and this is yet another episode of Reality Bites. Today, um today is a little bit of a, a kind of a loosey, decided to just uh pod on something real quick, something that caught my eye. Um leading up to season 3, there's been a lot of, you know, personal development and uh, personal things I've been working on behind the scenes. Thank you guys for your patience while I uh get everything together. Since it's taken a little bit longer to uh, move on and start uh, jumping right into season three. I decided to start doing a few shows here and there and just uh, give you guys a little bit of content to hold us over while we, uh, you know, gather everything and get everything together. Uh, Some of it is going to be, of course, with both me and Sheem. Some of it I'll have a few friends tap in here and there and, you know, we'll just be sharing our uh, takes on just some stuff that pop up on the Internet. Like recently, I decided to throw something up on IG that I saw on uh, Twitter. It was a very interesting Twitter thread. Two people were out on a date and uh, anybody who wants to see the thread, the pictures, all that good stuff, go ahead and go to my Instagram page. That's Reggie Days on Instagram, R-E-G-G-I-E-D-A-E-S. A a couple, you can tell that they're going out on some sort of date night. Don't really know where, don't know the... uh, exact um parameters of what they're doing for the night but you could tell it's uh one of those date night pictures where you could see the bottom part of the outfit so you could see the shoes and kind of what type of outfit that they have on and it was a woman with a dress and it was a guy with some sneakers on and from there it just erupted into a whole conversation about um just the idea of dress codes in general and it was it's something that I've thought about at times, but not gonna lie, some of the some of the views in this uh, thread caught me off guard. It's a, it's a few. It's Some people were reaching, but some people I do understand where they're coming from. So uh, but before I jump, you know, too deep into the details today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, actually a good friend of the pod who uh, he's done an episode before. Shouts out to Glenn. Thank you for uh, kicking it with me tonight, man.
1: Of course, I'm really happy to be here.
0: I guess let's just start from the beginning. So on the thread, and like I said, for those who want to check out the thread, it's on my Instagram page. All you got to do is go to my most recent post to see what's going on. R-E-G-G-I-E-D-A-E-S. It's a few different people kind of saying how they feel about the idea of dress codes in general. The interesting part is it all spans off one guy retweeting the picture and suggesting that the dude who's wearing sneakers should have put on dress shoes instead. And it turned into a debate. If if a place has a dress code, does it make you want to go there more or want to go there less? Let's start off with that, I guess.
1: Honestly, when it comes to that, for me, it does make me want to go there more often. Usually when I see a dress code, it gives me an idea of the kind of vibe I'm going to get, you know? Uh, the kind of mood that the people there might be in. And if I'm going with a crowd of friends, uh, maybe depending on our mood, we can decide if that's somewhere we want to be, you know? The type of energy we'll be surrounded by.
0: That's that's one of the things I thought about as well. Like, when it, when I look at clubs or I look at a place, let's say somewhere that I've never been to before, uh, one of the first questions I'm going to ask is, what exactly do people wear going here? Because you never, like, the thing is, I never want to be that person who... um is too underdressed and or too overdressed cuz I understand the concept of a theme. Like I understand the concept of just kind of matching the surroundings of where it is that I'm going. So that is something that kind of helps you with the 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 decision as far as um just knowing what what type of night you're in for in general. Um and that's I guess that shallower level was the level that I think about um dress codes in general like when I think of a dress code I don't think of a uniform right or I don't think yeah. of I don't automatically think dress code and think I'm I'm going to have an issue getting into this place or this is like some sort of spiffy place or, or this or that like I normally when dress code conversations happen I think of a theme I assume that okay there's a theme that this place has and this is just the theme that you're putting together but I realize That the concept, just that conversation triggered a lot of people because yet again, going back to the original picture, the guy was wearing sneakers and the comment that the dude made that kicked everybody off was, you know, uh, some of you guys need to go ahead and get dress shoes. The idea of dress shoes being some sort of statement or being some sort of thing to aspire to, for some people, they took it as if a dude was saying it like uh, it represents some sort of barrier of entry. Yeah. And I always think about uh, there's a movie that's always running in my mind all the time. Um, It's the Justin Timberlake movie in time. And I always think about in order for them to travel from state to state, for those who've never seen the movie, the concept is time is literally money. And you know how when you're traveling on the road, you usually have to pay tolls. Well, conceptually, in order to move from place to place, you literally had to take time off of your life to be able to move. And I and when I think of like barriers of entry, like things kind of blocking people to go from being able to go to certain places, um, I think about working in the nightclub industry and how certain club owners used to use dress codes as a way of being racist without getting caught being racist.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like I'll give you a good example. There'll be a place that's a dive bar, right? People are in there wearing fucking flannel. Like it's like, like they're a nineties cover band or like uh, wearing, you know, just regular jeans and shit like that. But they'll say no basketball jerseys. They'll specify basketball. They'll never it's not that they're going to say no sports jerseys because football is fine. No basketball jerseys, they'll say no, no flashy jewelry. It'll say no Timberlands, things like that. Pretty much the way that they'll put together a list of what you're not allowed to wear in their vicinity is kind of like a. In my mind, I always thought of it. um, You know how on uh, Powerpuff Girls when they were making the girls, they said you know Sugar Spice and everything nice. Like if you had a bowl of what it takes to make a nigga, they would like be like, oh, Timberlands, jewelry, (laughs) do rags. Like (laughs) they literally put a list. They put a list of things that scream nigga without saying nigga on it, and be like, these people are not allowed on the premises. And I feel like that's where some of the people were coming from
1: yeah now with that one honestly i feel you because in all fairness what i'll say right i'm not gonna say that every single you know venue owner or anything of that nature does it with that in mind what i will say is especially the ones that have been around long enough (laughs) it's not an accident
0: exactly and that's one of the things like a lot of look for for a conversation to be interesting and maybe this is just me kind of giving you know spoiler alert for those who plan on sticking with the show and kind of listening in whenever i post topics and things of that nature for a conversation to be interesting to me and if you ever see me post anything just kind of keep it in the back of your mind that nine times out of ten if i posted it there's more than one direction you should be looking at it in and that's kind of how i felt about this this situation because like i said on the shallow level the immediately when i look at it there's two ways that i look at it one i'm a former student of florida a&m university now for those who've never been to an hbcu or especially an hbcu as acclaimed as like famu or certain other places whether it be your you know howard universities or uh, uh you know certain other schools we carry ourselves to a certain standard right And the concept when it comes to things like dress code, when it comes to the way that you present yourself or just the way that you dress on a day to day basis, it matters. And it's something that's always kept at the very forefront of this is just how you are. This is how you present yourself. This is the best way to be right. It's something that's ingrained in you. So for us, when we're when we're going out, let's say uh, it's time to go to a party or to an event or whatever, no matter what, whether we're going to a professional situation or we're going to something recreationally. The concept is. My appearance matters, my appearance is indicative of a lot of different things, and it is part of my introduction to those who don't know me. So, with that in mind, when I see a dress code, I don't think, "Ugh, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go there." I look at a dress code and I look at, and my immediate thought is, "All right, bet now I'm going to strategize on how I'm going to kill this." But I understand that that's part of my lineage; like that's that's the way that I have the an in instant outlook. Then on the other half, another place where I'm biased and I'm able to see where my bias is. I'm an Islander, specifically Haitian. Haitians are very traditional yes, people. We're we're definitely the like conceptually. If we're having a party, nine times out of ten, niggas are gonna be in suits, bro. Niggas are gonna be in some sort of dress shirt. Niggas are gonna be in some sort of like whether it be loafers, whether it be like there. There's a certain way that we consider ourselves as far as like styling ourselves where nine times out of 10, we're not going to be in t-shirts and jeans. It's just what it is. That's just how it is. So with those two biases, just kind of naturally being there, I recognize that my instant look, when I I read that thread, I'm not going to identify with majority of what they're saying, because I'm just not that guy. I've never ran into that issue. Now, what I do also notice though, is that somebody... Technically, me having those leanings just means that if somebody were to be, quote unquote, discriminatory in their practices or doing certain things, it would fly over my head. Because nine times out of 10, just because of my natural, like what I do, whether I'm going there or I'm not going there, it just happens to fit my lifestyle. Now, what about those who it doesn't naturally fit their day to day? Some people are more comfortable in urban wear. Some people are more comfortable day to day, whether it be in the T-shirts or the, the you know, do rags or the whatever, like the, you know, whether it be basketball shorts or whatever. They just feel more comfortable in those things. One of the, the statements that was brought up is what about me going into your venue and not having a hat on changes my character? Like, why does it Why does it seem like all of a sudden me not wearing these things or me not fitting into whatever it is that you want me to do, why does it deem me as unacceptable to to, to enter your space now?
1: Yeah, and I get that. So the issue is I can see, you know, both sides of it. I can see that it doesn't change my character portion. And then like you said, you know, on, on my lifestyle, it literally, I don't even bet an eye at it. I'm like, okay, because <laughs> for me, it fits. The thing is, though, the way that I look at it, it's somebody's property at the end of the day, regardless of how we feel about it, it's somebody's property. That's true. When you go to somebody's house, if they say, I like people to take their shoes off and not walk with their shoes on my rug, you you know—you can't be like, well, you know, I'm not disrespecting you by walking with my shoes on your rug. I promised you. You just take my word for it. It's like, you know, that's great. That's cool. But that's not the point. I would like you, who is entering my home, to take your shoes off before you step on my rug. If you don't like that, you're free to go to somebody else's house. You know what I mean? It's kind of that conception to a certain degree.
0: To a certain degree. Yeah. And and that's how I feel as well when it comes to like, I guess the bare bones of it all. What uh, the idea of should places be allowed? I guess that's the I guess that question. If if it's about should places be allowed to have a dress code? Of course. Because at the end of the day, just like you're able to decorate your place, just like you're able to set themes and things of that nature, to me, a dress code is nothing but an extension of the theme. It's a part of the environment. It's a part of whatever it is that you're trying to create, the ambiance that you're trying to set. I understand that concept. Now, when it comes to the question of the ideal as far as are, are dress codes inherently biased when it comes to racial lines or when it comes to socioeconomic lines? I I think you got to answer. Yes, man. Like when I think of, and maybe this is also part of me having a history, not only working in clubs, but also working events. I know how the conversation goes behind setting up certain events, or I know how the conversation goes behind, you know, setting up certain club nights, like the idea of, When you're pitching a club night to an owner or you're pitching an event to an owner, how much easier it is to convince them or for them to be comfortable when you have strict dress code, you know, quote unquote, grown and sexy, quote unquote, you know, um, Cosmo attire, things of that nature. When you start putting those things on a flyer. For some reason, it's easier for you to book that night. It's easier for you to find uh, a a club owner that wants to play ball and things of that nature that that wants to deal with your crowd when he sees that the crowd is, quote unquote, upscale. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. you get. A lot more uh, uh, opportunities, it's a lot easier to deal with that conversation versus if you were to throw the same type of club night, but all of a sudden you're saying um casual. All of a sudden you don't have those rules like no sneakers, you know, no ripped jeans, things of that nature. You don't have those rules and people can come in whatever it is that they want. All of a sudden now your deposit gets larger. <laughs> 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 All of a sudden they start mandating instead of you having four security on staff for the night, they're asking for 12.
1: I didn't even really consider that there could be like a slight, like a, like a gender bias there, too. Oh, like it, yeah. You know, it's kind of an obvious thing to a certain degree, but without, like, a certain dress code, because, you know, like, the I guess stereotypically, you would assume when a woman wants to go, you know, like, club night, have fun, whatever, you know, she's going to put on, you know, this tight little dress, you know, which will attract, you know, more dudes to come in, etc. But there are actually a fair bit of women I know who are going out to, you know, have fun, and they're more comfortable they're like yeah you know i'll put on some jeans and a big t-shirt that's not going to sell the venue as much at all if you just leave it up to the open but if are like you know yeah you know come uh fashionable uh sexy dresses you know things like that like you know hot words like you said boom
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so when you think when you think about the idea of Now, instead of everyone just wear what they want, everybody showing up how they are or whatever, you know, a come to Jesus night, you know, show up as you are. That's not going to sell as much as grown and sexy vibes, everybody's suit and tied up, all the women are in their best dresses, this and that. All of a sudden, not only does the the flyer hit different, not only is the the club manager or whoever it is that's booking you, the booking manager is more compliant. All of a sudden, it's easier to get people to come in off the street when they're looking at. There's a difference between a line of women wearing cocktail dresses and heels versus a line of women wearing like hoodies. and 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 baggy jeans and shit there's also a bit of ageism when you think about it um that just popped up in my head too i didn't even think about this concept but when you're planning an event and you start looking at all the different factors and the facets of you know what demographic do you want to be there who do you want to show up and all these different things one thing that we have to think about is the age demographic between what attracts younger crowds versus what attracts older crowds. There's a difference between throwing, let's say, hypothetically, a college party, you know, a party where the ideal demographic is going to be younger. Uh, It's going to be a lot of people who are between the ages of 18 and like, uh, you know, ranging upwards of like 24 There's a difference between that and throwing a club night that's supposed to be attracting in a larger demo or even an older demo, especially places that bank on selling liquor and and um, and not the door. A lot of these venues, if you're basing your sales on that age range of 18 to 24, that's a lot of people in your venue that can't drink. That's a lot of people in your venue that are only paying whatever it is, the price of uh, the door admission. And legally, for the most part inside, if we're just talking about legally and above board, they can't buy drinks so that that for the most part, they're just taking up space and wasting space. Now, when you think further ahead and you start applying certain types of dress code. It dissuades people who are younger because I remember being, you know, 18 or 19 or whatever. And when you have the choice between going to the more uh, quote unquote ratchet (laughs) club or you you have the chance of going uh, to the the club that has less of, uh, you know, clothing restrictions and things of that nature. A lot of that was marketed to the younger audiences because the concept was, you know, show up, turn up it's a lot more casual versus a lot of the times, the places with the Cosmo attire and the places where you had to get a little bit more dressy to go there, they were marketed towards the upperclassmen. They were marketed towards people who are either a, you know, juniors and seniors or on their way out or already graduated and in grad school and things of that nature. I remember heck being in, in Tallahassee places like there was a big demographic difference between a club like the moon, which Nine times out of ten you weren't really going there if you were uh if you were under twenty one you couldn't get in anyway, and unless it was a concert, the younger crowd wasn't even thinking about going to that venue, but you have that demographic versus you had other places like Bajas or twenty twenty or Club Lit or uh a lot of these other places that came and went like Coliseum where they aimed more so for the younger audience and you can see the difference in the type of attire that they required. It wasn't as big of a gap when it came to, you know, what you weren't allowed to wear and things of that nature. So that's one thing that I didn't even think about. Ageism plays a role too. It especially plays a role when we're talking about prejudice. I know for a fact that majority of uh, clubs, nights, events, anything that's aimed for younger ages, and we're talking, you know, 18, 19, 20, anything below 21, The idea that a lot of people have is that there'll be more fights. There'll be more drama, a lot larger of a percentage of a chance that there's going to be violence and craziness. And of course, that's another thing when it comes to ageism and and that's, that kind of plays into the idea of social programming, because when it comes to it, we have to be honest. There's an idea behind wearing certain things, dressing certain ways, has an effect as far as group thinking, the group mentality on the behavior of people. There's a lot of studies that have gone towards this. There's a reason why a lot of places, especially schools that are seen as at risk, you ever noticed that that's something that they push on them. The idea of wearing uniforms, um, things of that nature, or whenever people get sent off to behavioral camps or certain places where they need to quote unquote, change their behavior or learn certain things, uh, one of the first things that they do to them is push them into the ideals of wearing uniforms. And the concept is a way of promoting the idea of blending into society. Now, where does this fall into the 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 argument that we're having today, or not really argument, but the conversation that we're having today when it comes to just how attire is looked and how dress codes are treated, I mean, people... Are less worried going to a place where it's seen as, uh, you know, crazy dress code, a lot of requirements, everybody's in heels, and all these different things. People are a lot less nervous and a lot less worried about violent activity and certain things of that nature when certain types of clothing are involved, certain types of age ranges are involved. For some reason, people make the assumption that those things do. I'm not going to say they guarantee your safety, but at the very least they make people a lot more comfortable. And I think all of that plays a role in this conversation.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like it's just a different ball game. So at that point, looking at it from that angle, you can see where there is something nefarious as far as just the strategic nature of dress codes. Like let's, there is a little bit more of a dynamic, Than we like to think about now that doesn't mean that one supersedes the other of course that doesn't mean that it's inherently just a a evil and or bad thing just to have one but i think it's ignorant to ignore one side and that's why i wanted to make sure like i thoroughly talked it out because i i'm not gonna lie um i got a completely different response on instagram versus twitter twitter blew it up Twitter's instant reaction to everything was conceptually um, just that it was wrong and and that it was invasive and that a lot of people just felt uncomfortable. Now, I will say. In general. A lot of those people were speaking from places of just discomfort. You could tell you could tell that they've been those people who pulled up to a venue before and were told you can't wear that. You know what I mean? Or or they've pulled up to a venue before and they've been like um, like the video that uh, I reposted of DJ Head where he went to. He's he's somebody who's known. He has a known look like his look is him having the uh, the fitted cap on, uh, on or whatever. And he's gone to venues before where they look at you and they're like, yeah, you can't wear a hat inside. And he hates that. And I can see that being a guy where it's like, why can't I wear a hat? where i'm going now i understand you know the old school people might give you the oh it's bad luck to wear a hat indoors or things of that nature but nine times out of ten most of these clubs what they do is they just charge you extra for wearing a hat like i've seen them charge 20 even 30 40 dollars just for somebody to be able to wear their hat on inside
1: yeah i mean hey you know at that point if if you really do feel like it's an extension of yourself or you know of your individuality hey go for it yeah but I it's, say, it's part of the game the uh, Like, the Twitter and Instagram difference, which is something I see a lot, I feel like whenever it comes to Twitter, there's more of a mob mentality just off the gate. Like, whatever's the first thing somebody sees, they they agree with, or, you know, the first thought that comes to their head, they're putting it down. There's no second thought. There's no uh, backpedaling. Even if they're dead wrong, they're caught caught being dead wrong. They're not going to backpedal. They're going to double down. I can't say Instagram is never like that. (laughs) Damn sure not the truth. But I just feel like with Twitter specifically, it could be a real cesspool with that sometimes, you know?
0: I've seen that mentality as well. I've seen that mentality on both, to be honest, with the whole piggybacking thing. Like, I feel like a lot of the times um, with a lot of threads, you'll see people take one look at the comment section and make their – I feel like they make their decision based off of a mixture of how did I originally feel? And does the comment section validate how I already felt? And if it doesn't, there's like a 30% chance that they'll still post how they feel. Or I feel like a 70% chance that they'll just kind of rock with whatever it is. That's the general consensus. Whereas with Twitter, I will say it's very, it's like more accepted to be a contrarian on Twitter. Like there's a mob mentality, but there's also a mentality of having thoughts that are counterculture are more accepted. Because to me, the most common thing for everybody to think is, OK, after a certain age, it, it does make more sense for you to own certain things. Like as a guy, if I'm over, you know, 30 and I don't own a tie, it's kind of a lot like you know what i'm saying like you could see that as whoa. <laughs> that's kind of that's that's strange so you don't yeah. like okay so you don't go to church you don't go to like your job never has meetings you don't go to no weddings you you just don't go to nothing
1: you gotta be a bum you don't have a tie. <laughs>
0: yeah like you know what i'm saying like I, it, there's certain things that i think when it comes to popular culture there are expectations that people put on people for a certain age group just due to just commonalities because let's be honest I'm 29 right now bro there's a wedding every two weeks bro niggas gotta own a tie <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: you need one yeah no, no that makes sense you know again that age range like you said you're probably going to more venues that would require stuff like that like weddings and exactly. obviously like on the younger side like you know like me for example I'm not getting invited to no weddings you know, I'm just exactly. I'm, I'm getting through college if I don't have one they're like eh, I mean you should. Ex- then you're, exactly. you're like, yeah, no, why you why you have a why don't you have a tie? Why don't you have ten ties?
0: <laughs> exactly. Now I will say this though. Um the way that it is on Twitter, because that is the popular belief or because that is the, the standard traditional thought, you're gonna have a large amount of people who maybe feel contrary to this or even in their lives, they are the people who've been asked that question before. And this is their time to stand against that. This is their time to be like outside of unless I'm going to court or I have to go to church or something like that. I refuse to wear a tie. I refuse to. And and it's more so a place where, you know, you're going to find at least some people that are going to stand with you. I think they're you're more comfortable. Sure.
1: In I can that. see that. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, altogether, you know, um, I do believe. Especially if we were to like, you know, sit down and research and kind of dig deeper or whatever. I do believe we'd find like a a whole bunch of nefarious and just crazy stories that of when it comes to just the history of just how wardrobe has worked and how things like uh, dress codes have been used. For a lot of different things it's been used as as part of classism, racism, you know, uh, just ways of projecting things like segregation and things of that nature. I'm fairly sure th- those things can date back thousands of years. We we might do a wardrobe episode. I think that might be dope. That might be something that we kind of tuck away for season three. But um thanks glenn for joining us for this uh conversation you know i'm just gonna go ahead and wrap it up uh just wanted to keep it short and just kind of tap in on that but uh thanks everybody who commented on the thread thank you guys for um going ahead and listening to this episode yet again like i said season three is around the corner just be patient guys it's coming just give me a little bit of time uh, yet again, I go by the name of Reggie Days, man, and this has been yet another episode of Reality Bites. Today, I was joined by my dog, Glenn. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tag his information at the end of the episode. You guys will be able to get it, and it will be on the Instagram post itself. <sighs> Thank you, guys. Later days. Flex. From swear to the way that I dress. Through my days and I hit my right left. Got me feeling like, damn, I've been living my best. <laughs> my old friend,
1: I'm doing way too good to walk around, worry about it with another. I shit on my ex. They said, talk about a piss like let's. And you say you don't get it, I bet. I'm a boss, so you mad cause they work you. Bitch. Tryna take shots, but I'm wearing my vest, so why you wanna take it so personal? I mean, see me like for real, who hurt you? I'm finna curse you. I got, come on, man, my body versatile. I got that. Ain't reversible. She Listen man, I'm finna be where I'm supposed to be How the fuck you gon' say no to me? You be a minute, then I try but opposed to me She just tryna give me that girl grocery But my show you better since she more cold than me As she supposed to be Believe me, i am a to like Stone Cold They let me know promo when it's way more overseas See me on the internet, but real life, tell my mind Flex, I'm finna swear to the way that I dress am my dance and I hit my right, left Got me feeling like, damn, I've been living my best Peace. My old drink, I I'm pressed, I'm doing way too good to walk around, worry about it with the nut I shit of my ex said talk about a pivotin like lex Try tellin' my flex From the sweat to the way that I dress bitch. my dance And the hit my right left Got me feelin' like damn, I've been living my best. Uh-uh. I owe flame thinking I'm pressed. I'm doing way too good to walk around, worry about it with the nut, I shit of my ex. said talk about a pivotin like let No cat, I'm choosing violence today. If you don't like it might you bitch, so I ain't worried about you cause you really could get out of the way. for the dance in this bitch, no powder beret. If you really tryna flex put your diamonds away. Tell me, you hey, she your fame, I ain't worried about your bitch You ain't happy, I can see it from a mile away No surfboard, but you still riding away Get your own now, tell me Everybody camping on the song now Tell me, they just trying to be the next man Not the own best friend, they just wanna be a clone now Tell me, but I beat my chest like Kong now Tell me, 780, so I live and live And I know I've been blessed with the gift together just to have like siblings with different dads I'm already first place, but I'm the last Cause I flex From the sweat to the way that I dress Do my dance and I hit my right left Got me feeling like, damn, I've been living my best my old dream, probably thinking I'm pressed. I'm doing way too good. to Walk around, worry about it, with the I shit on my ex. Instead, talk about a pivotin like let's try tellin' my gonna swear to the way that I dress. Put my days and the hit my right left. Got me feeling like damn, I've been living my best. My old dream, probably thinking I'm pressed. I'm doing way too good to walk around, worry about it, with the I shit of my ex. Instead, talk about a pivotin like let's try tellin' my I-